Hey, welcome to our podcast, Live Him Out, where our goal is to educate and motivate people how to live him out in their daily lives. Today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Pastor Brian and asking him how he overcame depression. So, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thanks for joining us. I would like to ask you to go ahead and like, subscribe, share this podcast, whoever you know that may need it. Uh, I'm so excited that you're here to join us for this interview type podcast. Uh, So just the other day, I was in my office and I had asked my dad to come in and talk about a a topic that we're going to be addressing in the youth. Um, We're doing a series called Out of My Feels rather than In My Feels, learning how to get Mm. out of our emotions controlling us. And the topic that we were going to talk about was depression. So I began talking with him. And while we were in there, I known that he had walked through depression in his life. And I was asking him, what were the spiritual root causes that got him there? And then what got him out of there? And it really um, began a, a really great discussion that we got to have. And so we were like, we ought to make this a podcast. Yeah. And so here we are a little bit time later. Yeah, and exactly. So yeah. the question is, when in your life have you been depressed? What got you there? And then what got you out of that mindset? Yeah. So uh, I've got a couple of different periods of my life. One of them lasted a lot longer than the other. And I'll start with that one. It was um, uh, toward my beginning of my college years. Mm-hmm. So I, I finished high school. Uh, I'm a new Christian and I'm trying to learn and grow in this thing called faith. And um, I'm going, I'm going to school, and I'm just, I'm burning the candle at both ends. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to school full load. I'm working full hours. I'm running, you know, trying to stay out late and do everything. Yeah. Um, so I reached this place where I wasn't physically doing well. I was physically depleted. Um, I also went through a period where during this same time, I was I was new into the faith and I was putting so much on myself about what I needed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I had this in, in what I didn't realize was an, an, a too, too big a list of what I was responsible for. I was mm-hmm. trying to do it all myself to, yeah. to make myself a Christian. I was trying to do everything necessary. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of new into ministry as well, so I'm feeling the pressure. You know, yeah. I've got to, I've got to always have answers. I got to make sure I read my Bible enough. I've got to be righteous. I've got to somehow, mm-hmm. you know, break every uh, sin pattern, yeah. you know, thought process I've ever had in my life. And so yeah. the pressure's all on. Absolutely. And so I, I reached this place where all of a sudden I just didn't have anything else left in me. I was yeah. spirit. I was physically depleted. Mm-hmm. I was emotionally, I found myself emotionally, um, mentally, and even spiritually depleted. I mm-hmm. didn't have answers because I wasn't wasn't living my life out of a, what was overflowing. I was trying to fill it up with stuff. I was yeah. trying to make it all happen on my yeah, own. Yeah, for sure. And, and I was completely depleted in every one of those areas. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I found myself in this place of where I couldn't think clearly. Mm-hmm. There was no more purpose, joy, life, emotions, mm-hmm. out of balance, uh, sick a lot. And I found myself in this long, dark, pl- 
place. Mm-hmm. And it often then included panic attacks and a variety of other things. But it was because I got to this place of just complete depletion. Yeah. And it was miserable. It was a miserable place to be because when you don't have anything in you, then you don't have anything in you to get yeah. out of what you're in. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the, like a fog over your eyes. It and was. No, no light at the end of the tunnel. You've just absolutely burnt yourself out, yep. totally spent all of that stuff. Yep. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't get my feelings straight. It was it was foggy. It was confusing. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, it was like there was no nothing out in front. My mind, I couldn't get my thoughts square. They all went negative and went sideways. Yeah. Uh, I remember feeling like I was just in this uh, cycle of just despair, really. Yeah. I remember in my mind, it just felt like I was swirling downward. And yeah. just at times just screaming because I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. get out of that spot. Yeah. So did that happen just like all of a sudden, like one day you woke up and it's that way and you just find it where you're like, wow, I am like spent. Or is this like you can feel yourself getting there and getting there and getting there? And- yeah. Uh, both. Mm-hmm. Because it, it wasn't until after it, it kind of hit a wall one day that it, it was all of a sudden like, almost, this sounds strange, it almost felt like something broke with inside <laughs> me. Like, okay, I'm, I think, in fact, I remember saying, what is it, what would it be like if I was losing my mind? That's what I, yeah. I had this panic inside, like something was yeah. wrong in my brain. Wow. And so, yes, there was this moment where it just felt like, you know, chink, something yeah. broke. But like, then, yeah. uh, but then I remember mm. after, afterwards looking back, thinking, okay, yeah, this, this was before that and this was before wow. that. So there were indicators leading up, but there was, yeah, there was this moment for me at least. I, it's different for everybody I recognize, but there's this moment where it felt like, all right, I, I thought I was kind of managing life and and managing even faith and uh but I was trying to I was trying to do it all. I was trying to bear it all and it it, it led to complete a place of complete depletion and mm. it was terrible. It was dark. It was yeah. long and I didn't have answers for it. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, yeah. uh my, my, at the time my parents didn't understand it. No, yeah. no one understood what I was going through. Um so uh I found help however, in my pastor, uh, who would become my father-in-law, who helped me walk through that time. He had experienced that. So just knowing that I wasn't alone. Yeah, and that you that, weren't broken. That I wasn't something, there wasn't something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. That was incredibly helpful. Um, so his, his listening ear, his encouragement along the way helped. And then to get to a place where I began to um, fill in the place I was depleted, you know, to get some physical rest, to pull away, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that was that was necessary physically, uh, mentally, emotionally. But it was it began to be true spiritually, and I didn't quite understand what all that meant. Yeah. It would actually be a long time, in fact, mm-hmm. years before I would understand how that component was really the root of it. Mm-hmm. I, I realized I was a perfectionist. I realized I was um, I was being legalistic. Mm-hmm. I had all these checklists of things I thought I had to do to try to have God's favor, and I was mm-hmm. trying to do it all in my own strength. And um, in so doing, I absolutely spiritually wore myself out. And so, mm. 
as I began to recognize, okay, wait a minute, I have forgiveness in Jesus Christ. I am accepted in Jesus Christ completely, not just up to this moment, but yeah. eternally. Yeah. And that I am free. He calls me redeemed. He calls me righteous. Yeah. I'm not try- I don't it's not a status I have to attain. No. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Holiness is not something I have to functionally get to yeah. on my own. But that's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I believed. Mm-hmm. And so my belief got me to this place uh, combined with, you know, physicals. I, I was totally depleted in all those areas. So that's when it first happened yeah. for me. Again, out of out of high school into college in those early years of my faith and I go into ministry in those early years as well. That's when it happens. And I wrestle with it mm-hmm. even seasonally for a while, well, for many mm-hmm. years. I, but... Uh, and then the panic attacks and so forth. It was, but it was when that the truth of who I am in Christ and who He is in me. Yeah, that's when it began to change for me. Yeah. So, but I also know that 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 is a, a tendency, I guess, a weakness that I can lean into if I'm not careful. Mm-hmm. So, um, now <clears throat> two years ago, uh, I have COVID, and um, it's. It's a difficult case mm-hmm. for me, you know, uh, eight weeks fever and I'm down and the longer it goes on, the less strength I have and <clears throat> not, you're not eating well during that, you know, and you sit on the couch and lay in the bed and yeah. uh, all of a sudden the clouds start rolling in yeah, again. Exactly. Cause and you're physically getting super tired yeah, and spent. I, I, I just, I couldn't, I didn't have the strength that want to get up out of bed, yeah. not just want to, but even two, I couldn't get up. Yeah. So I'm physically depleted, yeah. uh, mentally and emotionally. Here I go again, mm-hmm. you know, and and then spiritually as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there were days uh, I couldn't I couldn't pray. I just cried, and I remember asking Heather uh, to pray for me and to be encouragement to me. Yeah. And um, family would come over, and mm-hmm. you know, having them there was encouraging. Knowing they were praying, seeing their faces, and them taking the risk, often even coming in the room. Yeah. You know, when I had COVID, they were they were coming in. Um, you know, eventually getting to the doctor and getting some medication, but it was really um, people praying and then getting spiritual encouragement from people. Yeah. As I as I began to turn the corner physically, um, there were people who began to come over and would speak to me and speak truth and speak mm-hmm. hope and speak encouragement and then you know get to see the the kids and the grandkids and mm-hmm. and start seeing some little successes along the way um that helped but it was a dark dark place as well in in every respect spiritually emotionally yeah. mentally um you can go check out one of our messages where heather mm-hmm. and i uh, do a message of of when i had covid <clears throat> and it goes into that more in detail uh, one of the things, though, that I, I remembered from my early years of, of struggling with depression is yeah. um, when my pastor, Nick Harris, uh, showed me a passage in the Bible where there were there were people who actually struggled with this. I thought, okay, this is really helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really, it's not yeah. just me and him, but there's other people. In fact, there's people in the Bible. The Bible that, that God had, used. <laughs> yeah, God used in mighty ways. And they went on and, and, and became... Significant, were significantly used by him. So, um, one of those stories, though, was uh, by a man named Elijah. There mm-hmm. later be Elisha, but Elijah in First Kings nineteen, 
you back up to 18 and, and God's using him in powerful ways. I mean, he's the, he's the guy that's going up against the, the false prophets. Yeah. He's a guy that's he's got a showdown on, on the mountain one day and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to build an altar and he's going to build an altar. And they're going to both cry out to their gods and see who's God answers. And yeah. and they do and it lasts all day and there's God. their God doesn't. Yeah. Elijah prays, God licks up the sacrifice and yeah. consumes theirs as well. And it's a huge victory, you know, this mm-hmm. powerful, emotional, mental, spiritual victory of yeah. aha. The, like the mountaintop of mountaintops. The, exactly. Like, it's my almost, God proved himself faithful yet again. Like all the greatest things. Yeah. And, and he has this incredible moment that you know at the end of it, he's spent, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you, you start looking in First Kings 19. And I, I really, I don't want to... Um, misquote any of us want to read some of what yeah. it says there yeah. um so it's after that that uh the the king and the queen who are in place they're wicked leaders governmental leaders and it says that ahab the king told jezebel all that elijah had done so mm-hmm. word gets to the you know mm-hmm. the governmental leaders and, and also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword so again huge spiritual battle mm-hmm. for elijah then Jezebel, she's the queen, sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of those, uh, as one of them by tomorrow about this time. In other words, yeah. I'm coming for you. Yeah, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And you'd think, okay, Elijah, you've taken on yeah. all the prophets. you like 400 prophets or whatever. Yeah, and God showed himself faithful. Here's one woman, one statement. She's the queen. She's powerful. She makes one statement. And it says in verse three, and when he saw that, he arose, ran for his life, went to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life. I'm no better than my father's. That dude. <laughs> After the greatest victory there ever could be, just yep. about. Yep. He sinks. On, yeah. He gets one word, one threat, and he says, I'm out of here. And he leaves his servant. He goes alone. And he, and he sits down and he says, God, it, it'd be better for me just to end my life right here. Just Let's just end it right here. Let's just take it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't do this. And I think, man, there—that's the story. I, I can mm-hmm. relate to all of that so well because uh, one moment you feel like, all right, I'm riding this wave, and then the next moment it's gone, yeah. and there's nothing. And so I see it. You go back and read the story, and you realize, eh, Elijah, you just—you exhausted yourself. You're yeah. spiritually, mentally, emotionally exhausted, yeah. and when you have nothing inside, you get to a place of depression your emotions are depressed yeah your mental capacity is depressed your spirit yeah. is depressed mm-hmm. and then so your thoughts go sideways your emotions are out of control your spirit is is empty and that's where he was mm-hmm. and I, I found myself there what's interesting is what happens next and i think you have in this story a great description and prescription for what we should do. And this is what became helpful to me. In verse five, it says, and then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, he, he slept, he rested. He physically knew I'm exhausted. I need to sleep. And sleep was necessary. And it mm-hmm. says, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. 
Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. He ate, he drank, he slept. He was exhausted. Mm -hmm. He needed to get his physical body back to being full. Mm -hmm. He needed to get past the depletion of that. So you see that whole cycle. Then it, then it says, verse 7, that the angel of the Lord came back the second time, touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. I've, we've got somewhere to go, Elijah. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose for your life. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. Yes. Knowing there's a tomorrow. Yep. There's something God has for you. Uh, there's something beyond this moment. That was helpful for me. Um, so he does that. He arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of the food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. So he travels, he goes on this journey, but he's eating and he's drinking and he's going to God. Mm -hmm. That was hard for me at times. Like I'm I'm having questions about why this is even happening to me and I'm struggling my faith. And now you're telling me I need to go to God. Yeah. Because he has the help. (laughs) Yeah. You got depleted because you tried to do it in your own strength and just because of what you went through. But return to him. Yeah. Um, the story goes on, says he went in a cave and he spent the night, so he slept again. And and then it's here this very interesting thing happens. It says that the Lord came to him. God meets with him. And it was here that if you're familiar with the story, um, that God says to him, I want you to go out on the mountain and, and I want you to stand there. And, and this is the moment when God it says that he passed by and there was a great strong wind and it broke the rocks into pieces and the Lord was not in the wind. He mm-hmm. wasn't in the big, big moment. But after that, there was an earthquake and the Lord was not in the earthquake. But after that, there was a fire and the Lord was all of a sudden not in that either, but it came in what followed. And it says he, he came in a still, small voice. So Elijah had to get to this place where he heard God speak to him. Mm-hmm. Very private, very personal, very real. And this is where Elijah's spiritual healing began. And he begins this conversation with God. And God tells him, you're not alone. There are other prophets out there. In fact, I'm going to send you to them. And then I'm going to call you to go choose one. And I want you to pour your heart out and your life to him. And this is where he chooses Elisha to be the one that he, he'll he pour his life into. And so out of all of that, Elijah finds the healing he needed. And, and it, it just it paralleled so much with what I needed to do because obviously scripture gives us the pattern yeah, for that. I, I needed some um, physical replacement Um at the first phase of my life when this happened, I even took some medication to help me. And I know that can help at times. My goal was to not rely upon that long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time, I didn't rely upon medication, but I, I had other sources that helped, of course. Like I said, um, surrounding myself with people that love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, resting, eating well. yeah, um, And then... Um, having people pray for me when I can't pray and then speak truth and encouragement to me when I can't speak it to myself. Yep. And all of that helped me in the process to get out of, out of the dark, out mm-hmm. of the fog, out of all the uncertainty, out of all the fears that, that came with all of that. Yeah. So 
um, those are two two events from my life where that became yeah. became helpful for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, these are questions I would assume yeah. most people have who either are depressed, know someone who's going through depression, or they have walked through depression. Yeah, I think these questions and answers uh, will be beneficial to them. So. Uh, we've kind of addressed this already, but I think just to ask the obvious, mm-hmm. can Christians be depressed? Yeah, well, the answer is yes, obviously mm-hmm. yes. Uh, people can today, people did in scripture. Um, there are dark days, there are dark times. The thing that I think we find though is that we we might walk into uh, the valley of the shadow of death, but we don't stay in it. God, yeah. God's not looking to leave us there. We might find ourselves there for a variety of reasons, um, but the the thing the enemy wants to use in that moment is to make you think, this is never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get out of this. This is the way it's always going to be. Yeah. And that, I, I just remember those the feelings of that and the, the sound of that. And it, yeah. that's what kept me there longer. Exactly. Yeah. The more I believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure. yes, the Christians, agreements you were making. It's true. It's true. And yeah. I just, <sighs> when you're down in it, you, you don't lack or, or you lack the strength to fight. Yeah. And exactly. I, I became incredibly dependent yeah. upon others to help yeah. me because whenever you're exhausted, it's not like you can just jump right back up and get to battle and go fighting and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, if you go, if you're to run a half marathon, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at the end of it, your body is going to be depleted. Exactly. You, yeah. You're going to want to sit down and relax, you know, and rest mm-hmm. for and sure. Eat at the end of that. For sure. It's not the time where someone say, get up, come on, let's run another yeah. race. Well, yeah. No, I, I can't, I've got, I need to recover. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that again, that can happen in, in the emotional exhaustion and in, in mental exhaustion yep. and, and physical exhaustion yep. as well and and, then, and spiritual i was gonna say i think that's the the dagger it seems to be almost is like is whenever that exhaustion starts happening and racing thoughts in your spirit yeah um and and questioning your standing with god and mm-hmm. and you know doubting everything you believe and yep. kind of just taking this really like outside of life, look at your life kind that's of thing. It's a good description. Yeah. You, you, that is kind of the feeling. You just feel like you're all of a sudden you've zoomed out on yourself and you look down and it's it's hopeless. There's yeah. no there's no good thing going yeah. on there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we say yes, Christians can be depressed. Then the other question is that uh is depression a sin? Mm. Is it a sin to be depressed as a Christian? It is not. It is not a sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it, it's a, it's not something we want to have to stay in. No one mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of a recognition of of depletion. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you the, the think the goal then is to find out what what areas am I depleted? Yeah. And then let me take the steps to get some health For in sure. those areas. If it's in some things I've believed or am mm-hmm. believing or experiencing or going through, get help. Uh, yeah. In those moments, find find a a friend, mm-hmm. family member who can speak hope to yeah. you and life to you in that moment when when you can't. For sure, yeah. And, and I think just to tag in with this, uh, is depression a sin? I, I don't think depression is a sin. Now, I I do believe that sin can drive you to depression, though. That's true. I, I think. Uh, That's true. The person that is sinning, that is living a life actively in that, well, proclaiming Christ as well as their yeah. Savior, uh, and then begins the 
path of trying to hide their sin, I think that is just, you're running right into exhaustion there. You're, you're yeah. trying to be two people yep. whenever you're meant to be one person and you're going to exhaust yourself. That's true. If you're that, or if you're trying to be perfect, you yes. will spiritually exhaust yourself. Yes. If you're trying to please the crowd, you will spiritually exhaust yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're trying to keep up with some religious performance, you will exhaust yourself. Yeah. So you're right. You, you will see yourself depressed because of all of those mindsets or those agreements that you've made. Yeah. It, sure. it, it, Maybe a car is a good illustration. You know, is it a sin to run out of gas? <laughs> no, it's not. No, but I don't. I don't know what got you there. You yeah. know, that that's what you need to do. Yeah, is think a little bit about what got you there, but mostly get your tank filled again. You yeah. know, go go to the source that's that good. you need. If it's if you need some emotional healing, it get some emotional healing. If you need some mental, uh, get some healing. If you need physical, if you need spiritual, get get to the source where there can mm-hmm. be healing. For, for that. sure, for sure. Yeah. All right. So another question, and this is a good and intense one. Yeah. Uh, is depression a spirit that can possess you? Mm, good question. So, um, I'm gonna say yes and no. Okay. Because um, it can just be a depletion or exhaustion, mm-hmm. as we talked about already. Mm-hmm. But you get in the New Testament a. a, a a reference to a spirit of infirmity. Hmm. So there is this spirit uh, of sickness or sickliness Mm -hmm. that can happen in your life where because of agreements you've made and wrong belief, you stay in a weakened position and your spirit is sickly. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, if you're not vibrant and strong and courageous and confident and secure in your faith, but instead are worrisome, fearsome, yeah. insecure, uncertain. Yeah. It goes back to the at dis-ease. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you put yourself in a in a vulnerable state to physical dis-ease, yeah. but also emotional dis-ease, which mm-hmm. is depression. And so that's why I say yes and no. It yeah. can it can be just a result of exhaustion uh-huh. uh, but it can also be a spirit that some people have about them an yeah. attitude a thought process a belief pattern mm-hmm. of sickliness yeah for sure and that leads to more sickliness mm-hmm. yeah and i think it goes back to also like in this pretty bold series you've been you've been preaching of uh, you can make agreements and then there's a further down the line change. The yeah. longer you stay in the agreements and the more you make the actions, the yep. habits, yep. then there's a soul tie. And then it it truly takes over your life. It is your identity. It is who, it has become a part of you that yeah. depression has. Yep. If it stays around long enough. And I think that's something that can overwhelm your spirit. Yeah. And, and then that's a stronghold at that <laughs> yeah, point. You, exactly. you, you just feel like I not just feel like, but you can't get out of yeah. it. You're, yeah, you're I can't st- get out of this on my own strength. You're anymore. stuck. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's a good question. So then, if it's a spirit that can possess you, mm-hmm. is it something that can be, should be cast out? That's an intense, interesting it question. Because we see stories of uh, demons and spirits being casted out of people uh, in the Bible. Yep. But is this a scenario, a spirit that can and should be cast out of people? 
Uh, I don't think there's a blanket answer for this because mm-hmm. every case is unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it could be exhaustion, could be a, a spirit of sorrow, sadness, mm-hmm. whatever. Like if, if a family member died or something like that, a person oh, could be, go into depression. There, yeah, there's, there's natural grieving yeah. that happens. It could lead to depression. Uh, I, I guess it depends on the situation, but I, I would say if there are long-term ongoing repetitive patterns of depression, you know, it might be something worth looking at. You know, agreements are made, like you pointed out, agreements are made, strongholds are formed. There might be some spiritual um, fighting that needs to happen on on your behalf. Some counseling. And and, so. I was going to say, in that, it's not like you're just going to walk up to a depressed person and be like. No. No, you know, you're the worst. That's why it's there. important to seek counsel, but seek counsel that is biblically based and spiritually yeah. sensitive. Yeah, to know exactly. to the, know what has you know what has transpired in your life, and ha- have you made some agreements? Have you mm-hmm. aligned yourself? Have you you know uh, fallen into some strongholds mm-hmm. where some prayer needs to happen that that you pray and and someone else prays on your behalf? For so, sure. Good, good question. And, and I think another thing in this is that we know the verse that says uh, the the truth shall set you free. Yeah. This someone who is depressed is not operating in their mindset and their yep. spirit from a place of truth. They yep. are in that exhausted. I still have to. I can't measure up. Yep. I'm not enough. If it if it's a Christian who's in these things and yep. they're saying all of those <clears throat> things of. Uh, trying to prove themselves holy or whatever yep. it may be, yep. then that's where truth needs to come in and say, yeah. hey, we're going to have to shift this. We're going to have to free you from this yeah. with truth. I, I, in Galatians 6, where it talks about if there's a brother who is overtaken, mm-hmm. then you who are spiritual should restore such a one in a spirit mm-hmm. of meekness. And and you need that. You know, when yeah. you're the one who can't, you can't formulate the right thoughts and you can't you can't see past the fog. I, I've needed people to come yes. into my life. And restore I, you. I did mm-hmm. not get out of depression on my own. Yeah. I got out with the help of others. Yeah. It reminds me of the story in the Gospels where the four uh, friends took the man to Jesus who was in the yeah. house and they removed the roof of the house because it was so crowded <laughs> and they lowered him down into the house. Yes. And yeah. and, and, and Jesus even said, uh, it's the faith of your friends that is allowing uh, there to be healing today, mm-hmm. and so I, I know that to be true for me. Yeah. Uh, again, I can confidently say I did not get out of depression on my own. Yeah. I got out because I had other people in my life that were yeah. willing to love me and speak truth in those for moments. For sure. So let me ask you this question then: um, Whenever you were going through times of depression, mm-hmm. did you ever have people come up to you and say, "Hey"? Just choose joy. Yeah. Just be happy. Have yeah. a positive mindset or yeah. whatever. And then if you had that happen, what's the reaction? <laughs> Why is that the worst thing to say to someone <laughs> in that situation? Yeah. Well-meaning people mm-hmm. do those things. Yes, they say that absolutely. stuff. They're they, not saying that to try to drive a dagger yeah. in your heart. And if you've never walked through that, you don't understand the scope of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a thing that you would say if you had never been through it. You know, yeah. oh, you should change the way you think and be happy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's not just a sadness. No, it's it's something more than that. It's much deeper than that at the core of of who a person is. And so mm -hmm. if it was, if it was that simple, then no one would ever be depressed. (laughs) You know, you're just like, well, I'll just put on a happy little show and watch it or read a joke (laughs) online and I'll be happy again. It doesn't doesn't work that way. Uh, And so 
Uh, well, many people do that. Yes. It often falls flat mm-hmm. and it often... Um, can create more harm. It can. I, I hate to say it that way, but it, it's true because it then... If you're already in this depressed state and you're already mm-hmm. feeling bad that you can't get out of it, mm-hmm. all you need is someone to tell you another little simple statement that you should be able to do yeah. and you can't do it. And it's like, okay, well, thanks for lowering me down the yeah. elevator two exactly. more floors. Exactly. So, and it's like, again, the example of like a runner. If, if a person just finished a 10K. Yeah, and they and, fall down the ground. Yeah, exactly. They're, you know, just 9K in and then the person just says, Hey, just get up, just and, get up and run the last 1K. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you? Yeah. And, and it's like, well, if I could, I would, but yeah. I, I can't. I can't. I'm exhausted. That's right. And I think that's the mindset shift to take for the person. If you know someone who yep. is depressed and you may be trying to counsel them, you yep. may be trying to help them. It may be a son or daughter. It may be an uncle or aunt. I don't yep. know what it is. Maybe a spouse. The thing to not say is, Hey, maybe just be happy today. Yep, exactly. Maybe just choose joy, but instead come alongside them and understand the exhaustion they're in yep. and help them to find rest. Yep. Bring them to Jesus, like the analogy of the four people. It's good. It's great. So here's another question for you. What did the use of external resources or medication mm-hmm. do for you whenever you're trying to cure this inward problem yeah. that we know yeah. is a spiritual problem of exhaustion? Yeah. So again, um, at in you know, college years, I did have a doctor prescribe some medication to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was designed to help me not be depressed, think more clearly, um, and you know, I, I like to say that was the thing that turned it all around for me, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it helped a little, I think, in the process. It gave me some sense of, all right, I can get through this. I'm going to take these. I'm going to feel better. And then in time, there was some more clarity in my thinking, but I never wanted to let that become the way I lived. So I was always looking to reduce the dose, which I, I would say to anybody, you know, don't just make that dramatic change on your own yeah. terms. Uh, if you are taking those now, um, please consult with your doctor yeah. uh, before you make any changes to your medication because the those kind of jumps and leaps can be detrimental. Yes. So, um, but uh, my efforts not only included medicine but some other avenues as well i was mm-hmm. looking to find faith to be the thing that pulled me forward yeah. and counseling and truth so uh they're external sources you might say they're medicine but they're also f- food eating mm-hmm. properly not yeah. just a bunch of junk food like college kids eat yeah sometimes <laughs> at least i did yeah um but then putting yourself in healthy environments too where there are yeah. people who are life givers mm-hmm. to you you can be honest with and they speak to you mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I remember uh, when I was depressed, I'd get around other people, but I didn't want them to know what I was going through, so I hid it more. Well, mm-hmm. guess what that does? It just makes you exhausted. more exhausted. Yep, exactly. So I'd feel worse being around people because I wasn't being honest about what was going on within me. Mm-hmm. I was creating the scenario, uh, making it worse. So, sure. yeah, a- outward sources, medicine may be an option. Uh, I would hope that that wouldn't be the only option. There's a spiritual source. Uh, of most dis-ease and I wanted to know what that was and I have I've I've feel like God has revealed much of that yeah and I know to go back to that for my source at times yeah so so then if exhaustion is the root 
is the spiritual root there. Mm-hmm. Spiritual exhaustion is what causes depression. What then personally for you mm-hmm. brought you rest in your spirit yeah. and brought you out of depression? Yeah. For me, my what exhausted me was perfectionism, legalism, and trying to keep a, a standard in front of other people. Yeah. I was wearing myself out mm-hmm. um, while struggling behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so when I reached a point of where that wasn't working anymore, and then uh, I picked up a book. Um, right now, That book, the book is still out. It's called Grace That Breaks the Chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it first came out, it was called Breaking the Bondage of Legalism. And I picked it up because I thought I knew some people who were legalists. And I wanted to help them. <laughs> and uh, the more I read, the more I realized this is talking to me. Uh, wow. I had built my identity on keeping the laws and rules yeah. and not on the righteousness and grace that had been given to me and understanding I had been set free. Yeah. So when when those, all the verses that deal with uh uh, like Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, this became life-giving all of a sudden. Like, okay, wait a minute. There is no more anger from God toward me and shame-giving yeah. toward me and condemnation, rejection. And that's because of what Christ did for me. And it happened that when I believed him, that that was so fundamentally shifting for yeah. me that it, it became healing. It's like... Yeah. Okay, now my spirit just it filled up. Yeah, Their life came in, and to see that I was as accepted in the throne room of God as Jesus was. Yeah, that was life giving. <laughs> Not me. because of what you did. Not because of anything I'd done, but just simply by His grace yes. and faith to receive that. Yeah, I'm telling you that that was life giving for me. Yeah, and that that filled me up. Yes, that took away the exhaustion mm-hmm. at the source of all my exhaustion were the, those two things being depleted. Yeah. Wow. So, um, how did you retrain your brain, uh, and the thinking patterns that you had gotten yourself in? Because that, that seems to be the thing that, um, exhausted you was that same. I need to think this way. Mm-hmm. I need to do this thing. I yep. have to be this way. Yep. All those things. How did you retrain your brain to not say, I need to do these old patterns, but I need to make new patterns. Right. It was through memorizing and meditating on scripture. Again, that, that Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, that became powerful to me. I just would, I carried around a little card, and I'd pull it out, look at it, med- memorize it, meditate on it, and I would just go word by word through it and, and pray through it. Uh, even this two years ago with, with COVID, um, Mm-hmm. Um, especially at night, I got, I did what I did back in college. I pulled out another set of note cards and I started writing verses on them. And mm-hmm. I would, I'd prop them up next to my bed, uh, or I could see them when I laid my head down. And I would just, I'd go to sleep looking at those verses yeah. and, and and meditate on those and and memorize and and just plow through them and ask God to speak and show me truth out of them. That brought me out again. That's awesome. That was yeah. my that was my source. Truth. Yeah really set me free again. Uh, 
truth that came from his heart, truth that came, that filled me back up, that reminded me who I was and who he is and his plans for me, all of that. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Just, mm-hmm. uh, all of those verses just came back to me and new ones became important yeah. to me in that process. Yeah. All right, so um, two other questions for you to finish this out. Um, what would you say to someone? What would you say to someone who's trying to counsel someone through depression? What's the encouragement? You say, this is what you should say to them, or this is the, this is what they need. Yeah. The person who has to, who gets to, has to, whatever, counsel yeah. the person who's in depression. Yeah, great, great question. Uh, I would try to have as much understanding as you can of their situation. Mm-hmm. And and uh, if you're going to ask questions and try to understand, understand what have they gone through that has led to this complete exhaustion, the depletion yeah. for them. Find out what it is. You know, was, Has there been a loss? Has there been a, a way of thinking? Has there been abuse? Has there been mm-hmm. um, legalism, perfectionism, religious abuse? Whatever it is, find, find what that is. You're not trying to analyze. I'm not looking for that. But, no, uh-huh. but seek to understand what, what has led them to this place. Lots of listening. And then I'd say second, lots of affirming. God is with you. Yes. God is for you. He loves you and you will get past this day. Those are the things that have helped me. You will get past this day. This is not going to be the way it always is. Yeah, that's good. So uh, if people remember that, uh, understand, listen, encourage, speak truth as is appropriate for the moment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And then for the person that's watching this, if they are currently going through depression, they're in a season of depression in their life, what would you say to that person? Uh, I don't know exactly what your situation is, but I have walked in some of the areas you've walked. Uh, I know what that darkness is like. I know what the clouds are like, the confusion, the fog, the pain, the uncertainty, the fear, the panic. I know some of that, and I've walked in it. But I also know God is good to meet you there in it and to mm-hmm. meet you, not to shame you, not to yeah. condemn you, but to speak to you in a still, small voice yeah. and develop a level of intimacy and closeness with you that you've never yet experienced yeah. and lead you to places that you've never yet been. At. Yeah. That happened for Elijah. Mm-hmm. He, he went to some places he had never been, became something he'd never thought and poured himself out for others and uh, especially into the into the one man Elisha so um be encouraged today yeah in the midst of the pain and the darkness god is good his word is true he wants to heal you and he has healing for you find someone you can talk with and you trust uh, someone who is spiritual and uh, listen to what God says through them. Pour into his word, find a verse, meditate, drink it in, and have your depletion repleted, filled up, Yeah, and you'll find help and hope. Yeah, absolutely. That's powerful. Love it. That's great stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Um, 
It's very real for me and uh, part of my story, my testimony, uh, but mm-hmm. God has shown himself faithful in it. And uh, as is always, our goal is to lift him up, but also lift him out, even in the very real, especially in the very real and dark areas of our life. So blessings to you. Um, our prayer is that you will be able to walk, lifting him up and live him out.